Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. I want you to open your Bibles to Matthew 28. We're going to begin reading there this morning. Traditionally, of course, it is Easter Sunday. And uh, as churches worldwide celebrate Christ's death and resurrection, you know, for the religious community, it's an annual celebration, but for the believer, it's a daily celebration. And we are so grateful that we can celebrate this truth that has changed our lives personally. In Matthew 28, it says, After the Sabbath ended, at the first light of dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to, <clears throat> to took a, take a look at the tomb. And suddenly, I love the suddenlies in the Bible, the earth shook violently beneath their feet as the angel of the Lord, or the angel of Jehovah, descended from heaven. Lightning flashed around him, and his robe was dazzlingly white. The guards were stunned and terrified, lying motionless like dead men. Then the angel walked up to the tomb, rolled away the stone, and sat on it, and sat uh, atop of it. The women were breathless and terrified until the angel said to them, there's no reason to be afraid. Hallelujah. No reason to be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen victoriously just as he said. Come inside the tomb and see the place where our Lord was lying. Then run. <laughs> then run and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. I give you his message. I'm going ahead of you into Galilee and will see you there. And you'll see me there. So they rushed quickly to tell his disciples. And their hearts were deep in wonder and filled with great joy. I bet they were along the way. And I love the, I love the sense of humor that Jesus has. I really do. I mean, if you really read into this, you can, you can just, think about, I want, just think about a couple of things. Number one, these two women were, were there at the foot of the cross uh, observing Jesus as he was taking his last breath. And, and they watched the Messiah die. Uh, they were there at the foot of the cross until Jesus' body was taken down. I mean, they were the faithful ones. And, um, and God honors faithfulness. He honors love and faithfulness. And I really believe this next verse it, it just shows the, the, the sense of love and compassion and yet humor that he has because the Bible says there that, that uh, uh, Jesus suddenly appeared in front of them and said, Rejoice. They were so overwhelmed by seeing him that they bowed down and grasped his feet in adoring worship. Well, I bet they did. Then Jesus said to them, Throw off all your fears. Go and tell my brothers to go into Galilee where they will find me there. So, you know, though the disciples, the men had lost all hope. In fact, the Bible says they retreated back to fishing. I mean, they really believed this was the end of this divine experience that they had for three and a half years. But for these women... My, no wonder Jesus first, no wonder they were the first ones there. They, they ran to the tomb. You know, I really believe that they're in their minds, because women are so detailed, that they remembered what Jesus said the third day, I'm going to raise from the dead. And I believe that because they're so detailed, they, they ran to the tomb expecting something supernatural. Praise God, which they did. An angel appeared, uh, took the flick of his finger and rolled back that stone, and they were the first ones to observe his resurrection, the empty tomb, praise God. And it brought them break, uh, uh, great joy. And the angel's response to these fearless and faithful women was, was, he isn't here. He has risen victoriously just as he said. I want you to write these three things down. The foundation of redemption. 
is the resurrection of Christ. The strength of redemption is the shed blood of Christ. And the hope of redemption is faith in both the shed blood of Christ and his resurrection. Listen, in the Bible, every miracle that Jesus performed was to confirm and reaffirm the depths of God's unconditional love to the entire human race and make it available through his death and resurrection. That really is the gospel. That is the good news. Now, I want you to turn to 2 Timothy, the second chapter, and uh, where I, ha- I have received the theme for this year's message. In, the, in Paul's second letter to Timothy, he's in prison. Why? For simply preaching the good news. And uh, he was preaching that Christ Jesus is the king. He's the Messiah. He's raised from the dead. And he's being persecuted for this message. And so he's in jail. And here's what he writes to Timothy. I love Paul's perspective on life. And and the courage and the strength he had regarding the gospel. He said, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Don't you forget that, Timothy. He's saying, see, in Timothy's day, there was so much winds of doctrine blowing around that Paul was doing his best to keep Timothy sound doctrinally. And because um, the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection, so Paul is reestablishing. Don't you forget, Timothy, what I taught you. He goes on, <clears throat> um, uh, Let me read it again. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I suffered trouble as an evildoer. He wasn't one, but he was suffered as one. Even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bounds. Amen. He said, I'm going through a lot of things, but I'm telling you right now, no matter what I go through, I may be in prison, but the word of God is not bound. I may be shackled. I may be bound. They may, they may isolate me, but God's word goes on and on and on, and it changes people's lives. I just love that message. You know, in life, we're going to go through life and always be dealing with the with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, part of life, three areas of temptation. We're dealing with all the challenges of life. And sometimes, you know, we don't think that we qualify to preach the gospel because of the things that we're dealing with. But I'm telling you right, right now, the word of God is not bound. It will set people free as long as you let people know that it is available to them. Amen. You keep preaching and God will keep performing it. I may be in bonds. I may be shackled. I may be chained, Paul says, but the word of God is not bound. So the theme for this Resurrection Sunday message is, He breaks every chain. Amen. All through the New Testament, we see examples of people's lives literally liberated by the power of God's Word. He really does break every chain. Chains of physical infirmity, mental anguish, fear, oppression, depression, chains of every kind of addiction, alcoholism, drug addiction, smoking, chewing, whatever addiction you have, porn addiction. He breaks every chain if you allow him to. If you will believe in him and you call upon him, and I mean this, we've got people in our church that have been, they were chained to cancer and cancer broken over their lives, chained to meth addiction, broken over their lives immediately, chained to fear and oppression, broken immediately over their lives. God literally is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he's here to set people uh, free, especially on this celebration of his resurrection. 
Hallelujah. So I'm expecting, I'm expecting chains to be broken off of people today at the end of this message. 1 Corinthians 2.8 says this. If the princes of this world had known, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. Why? Why? Because Jesus holds the keys to death in the grave. He holds the key. He has the authority, now legal authority, to set people free, praise God, in this world from the time he rose from the dead to the time is now. It ha- he hasn't changed. I'm going to read this Hebrews 2. It's a great verse. It was, right, it was right and proper that God, who made everything for his own glory, including you, should allow Jesus to suffer. For in doing this, he was bringing vast multitudes of God's people to heaven. For his suffering made Jesus a perfect leader, one fit to bring them into their salvation. Man, that's awesome. God had a plan before man even fell to bring redemption, salvation, eternal life to him. Turn to Matthew's gospel. We're going to spend just a few minutes in there this morning. Actually, we're not going anywhere as far as the, these stories uh, in the Bible. You know, Jesus displayed the will of God. There's one uh, verse, uh, I, I read it earlier uh, yesterday, and, and, uh, where one of the disciples said, uh, uh, show us the Father, and it will suffice us. Show us the Father. And Jesus says, you have been with me all this time, and you haven't seen the Father? Everything that I am is the Father. Everything I do is of the Father. Every display of miracles, the supernatural, is the Father. The good news is God loves you. If you are his child, he's going to take care of you. If you're not his child, he longs for you to be his child because he loves you us unconditionally, even as sinners, and I'm grateful for that. Matthew 9, Matthew 9 there's recorded five miracles, right, in this, in this chapter alone, that Jesus performed, listen, in the beginning of his ministry. And even before he went to the cross, God was displaying his resurrection power, each miracle revealing God's perspective, listen, on human suffering. So let's begin in verse 1. This is the New Living Translation. Jesus climbed into a boat and went back across the lake to his own town. Some people brought to him a paralyzed man. Now, if you read all the Gospels, you realize in Luke, the fifth chapter, there were four of his friends. Four friends had a, uh, four of his friends noticed that he, you know, they had heard that Jesus was healing people. They said, hey, man, we believe this is for you. Said they brought him. They brought him in faith. The Bible says they brought him in faith. And I'll show you. And, and so they brought him, a paralyzed man on a mat, seeing their faith. There it is. Not the guy's faith, their faith. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, Be encouraged, my child. Your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of the religious law said to themselves, Well, that's blasphemy. Does he think he's God? Well, he was. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you have such Evil thoughts in your heart. That word evil there literally ties in with, uh, with Hebrews, the third chapter, because God warned the believers in Hebrews 3 not to have, listen, an evil heart of unbelief. So an evil heart is a heart of unbelief. Because if you will not to believe, God can't help you. You have a will. You can will to believe that God is a loving and merciful God and he has the power to set you free. Or you can reject that. That choice is up to you. You'll see two responses from this story. Let's go on. Why do you have such evil thoughts in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are, are given, forgiven or to, stay, or to say, he was looking right at them. He says, is it easier to say your sins are forgiven? Or he looks at the young man and says, or, or to stand up and walk. 
So I will prove to I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Hallelujah. And the man jumped up, and he went home. And fear swept through the crowd as, this, as they saw this happen. And they, who? Who are they? The five. The, the man that was healed and the four that brought him. They praise God for sending a man with such great authority. Hallelujah. Amen. Say it out loud. Jesus breaks every chain. Say it. Jesus breaks every chain. He really does. Jesus let them know, these Pharisees know, that they could have been healed of their spiritual paralysis just as easy as the young man who is healed of his physical paralysis. In other words, the same redeeming love that forgives sins heals our bodies. How do we know? Because Psalms 103 says it. David confirms this uh, truth. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless the, his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and who forgives all thy iniquities and heals all thy, disease, all thy diseases. Now listen. However, it doesn't happen without two things, humility and faith. See, they were so full of pride, the Pharisees, that they couldn't even see their own hang-ups. They couldn't even see the blemishes in their own lives. Therefore, they were not able to receive the liberty that Jesus had for them. Verse 9, <clears throat> as Jesus was walking away, he saw a, um, a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. And, and Jesus said, follow me and be my disciple. So Matthew got up and followed him. Now, when you read stories like this, you know, you got to stop for a moment and use common sense. Obviously, Matthew was hungering for something eternal, obviously. Obviously, he knew that he was very successful, had a great job, but inside he was empty. He just didn't follow Jesus because Jesus was good looking. He followed Jesus because he had heard about the supernatural manifesting in his life, and he believed, and he said, hey, man, I'm willing to follow you all the way. So he just forsook everything and went with Jesus. I love that story. And the Bible says, Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors. I love this next part, next part and other uh, disreputable sinners. <laughs> but when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. Now he's going to quote a scripture out of Hosea 6.6. 6. This scripture is in Hosea 6.6. 6. And the scripture is, I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they're righteous, but those who know they're sinners. Man, is that powerful. Jesus doesn't call people who think they're righteous. He calls people who knows that they don't have together. And they need a savior. Because Matthew judged himself and recognized he was a sinner, he also recognized that he needed a savior and became a convert of Jesus. Jesus breaks every chain. Like the Pharisees up in verse 3, who refused to judge themselves and be healed of their inward paralysis, these pride-filled Pharisees missed their opportunity for the inward healing that God willed for them. Again, Without humility and without faith, you can't tap into the blessings of God. James 2 says this, Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. I'm gonna, this is the NIV. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, 
Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. I'll say it again. Because judgment without mercy, judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. And the last part, mercy triumphs over judgment. I'll, 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 I'll say something about that in a minute, but I want to read a story that reveals this truth. Okay? Luke 7, verse 36. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his house and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought... Now, this woman was, this woman was Mary, who Jesus set free from a life of prostitution. And the Bible says that she brought a beautiful ab- alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. How expensive was it? One year's salary. That is how expensive. See, if you're going to be a prostitute, you want to make sure you got nice, at least ni- the best perfume that you can get. I- I'm, just, I'm just telling you, that's the way it was. And she took the most valuable thing that she had at that moment. And here's what she did. The Bible says that... Um, Uh, She took this expensive perfume. She knelt behind him at his feet, weeping, weeping. I mean, mean, she was so ashamed of her life. That's why I love God so much. It's because he, he always looks at the heart of a situation. And this woman couldn't even face him. She knelt down behind him and began to weep, and the tears were falling on him. And she, the Bible, began to wash The Bible says, weeping, her tears fell on his feet. She wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts and said, Simon, oh my goodness, Simon, He said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. I'm sure Simon thought, aha, finally he's catching on. Finally he's going to give this woman what's due to her. He's going to stone her to death. Isn't it amazing how religious is so stupid? Religion is so calloused. It's so insensitive. It doesn't care about anyone but itself. Amazing. So he says, go ahead, Jesus, I'm waiting. I'm really expecting a good word from you. Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other. But neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Why do you suppose, who do you suppose loved him more after that? Well, Simon answered, well, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. Well, that's right. Watch this. Jesus said, then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You you, um, neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So, so, so she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. You know what's interesting? He was there to forgive that man of all his sins. See, it wasn't the fact that she had more sins than him. 
It was the fact that she discerned what she was, and he failed to discern what he was. So he left unchanged, and she left free, forgiven and freed by the power of God's love. Hallelujah. Mercy really does triumph over judgment. Listen, would you rather be judged by the law that has the power to set you free or by the law that enforces the penalty? Think about that. Let me say it again. Would you rather be judged by the law that has the power to set you free or the law that has the power to enforce the penalty? See, you and I decide each day by our actions. Mercy triumphs over judgment, listen, as long as we're exercising mercy over judgment. Wow. Back to Matthew 9. As Jesus was saying this, the leader of a synagogue came and knelt before him. My daughter has just died. That's not, that's horrible. But you can bring her back to life again if you'll just come and lay your hand on her. Obviously, he had heard that Jesus raised other people from the dead, so he, he thought, well, my goodness, if he did it for someone else, I, I believe that he could do it for my daughter. And so Jesus and disciples got up and went with him. Just then, and I, when I read just then, I thought, boy, timing. Can you believe this? I mean, he's going with me, and this woman gets in the way. But, but obviously, he stayed in faith, and he did. The Bible says he did. Just then a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe, for she thought, the, the, just, this translation says, she thought. Other translation says, she spoke it. She said within herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Jesus turned around when he saw her and said, daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that very moment. Twelve years of suffering, healed in a moment of time. That is the power. That's the power of God's love. Amen. Jesus literally breaks chains. He broke them 2,000 years ago. He's breaking them today. And I'm telling you that because I want you to expect it if you need something broken over your life. Jesus breaks every chain. When he arrived at the official's home, he saw the noise of the crowd and heard the funeral music. He said, get out. He told them, the girl isn't dead, she's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him. So after the crowd, and I added this, after the crowd of unbelief (laughs) was put outside, Jesus went in, took the girl by the hand, she stood up. The report of this miracle swept through the entire countryside. I bet it did. John, the 11th chapter. When Lazarus died, of course, Jesus took Jesus four days to get to where Martha was. And Martha and Mary said, hey, if you'd have been here, brother would not have died. And I love the response that Jesus gave to her. Jesus said, Martha, I am the resurrection. That word resurrection in the Greek, it literally means a standing up again. You know, know, we think about Jesus said in the book of Matthew, the 28th, the 11th chapter, verse 28. You know, he says, come on to me, all ye that are heavy laden, learn of me, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. He, I mean, we, it's amazing how you can get so yoked to the pressures of this life. Look at what we're facing right now in America. I mean, you can get so yoked to worry and so yoked to fear and, oh, my, am I going to catch this virus? Am I not? Forget about that. Don't listen to that unbelief. Don't listen to that stuff. You stay in faith. Of course you do common sense things, but you stay in faith. You trust God. How many, how many masks are you going to wear where you're not in fear? Or fear is resolved. If you want to wear one, fine. Doesn't, doesn't 
negate your faith or nothing. Just stay in faith. No matter what happens in the future, we, gotta, we have God on our side. It means to stand up again, the recovery of spiritual truth. So Jesus said, Mar- Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Physically, yes, we will if the rapture don't take place or the coming of Christ. But spiritually, we live on forever with Christ. That's the good news of the resurrection. Back to Matthew 9. One more story here. This is the fifth and final miracle. After Jesus left the girl's home, two blind men followed along behind him shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us! Son of David! I I just love it. I love it. Obviously, they had also heard that Jesus did the impossible. He did the miraculous. And so these two blind men, they're just following Jesus with their white, I'm sure they're white sticks and uh, shouting, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on us. The Bible says they went right into this house where he was staying. (laughs) And Jesus asked them, I love this. Do you believe? Do you believe that I can make you see? And they said, yes, Lord, they told him. We do believe. Then he touched his eyes and said, well, one Bible says, according to your faith, be it unto you. But this says, because of your faith, it will happen. And their eyes were opened and they could see. But you know what's the most important thing out of this? It wasn't just, they didn't just receive their physical sight. They received a revelation of who their Messiah was. They just didn't walk away uh, seeing physically and, and lived in the world and died in sin. No, I believe with all my heart they were able to see for the first time who their Savior was, praise God. And I believe their lives were changed both physically but also internally because that's the most important change in your life. When they left, a demon-possessed man who couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. So Jesus cast out the demon, and then the man began to speak, and the crowds were amazed. Verse 35, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues, announcing the good news. What? The, what? That Jesus wants to break the chains in your life. That if you're shackled, Jesus would set you free today. That's the good news. Now listen, the Bible says in the book of Philippians, the second chapter, that the name of Jesus is above every name. Every name that is named in heaven, on earth, and and in in the earth. Every name, every name is subjected to the name of Jesus. So is COVID-19. So is cancer. So is oppression. So is fear. That name is above every name. As a family right now, just look up and say Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Say it again. Jesus. That is the name above every name. Jesus breaks every chain. Praise God. I want to wind this down in 1 Peter, the first chapter. I just want you to expect today. That's my prayer. That was my prayer this morning when I got here, that that you will expect something impossible. You know, I just rejoice. I use the testimonies of our church family literally Hundreds, if not thousands of lives have been changed in this ministry in the 39 years that we've been here. Thousands of people's lives have been touched supernaturally by God, liberated by the Spirit of God, and we give God all the glory. But listen, listen, it wouldn't happen if the news wasn't preached, because faith comes by hearing. It really does. And Jesus is our healer. And listen, Hebrews 13, 8 says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He, he has never, I mean, his word has never changed. He doesn't say, okay, uh, God is sovereign. He heals somebody he doesn't heal others. If that were the case, he wouldn't heal you. If that were the case, he wouldn't heal me. No, he's no respecter of persons. If you've got faith and you look to him and call upon him, praise God, in humility and faith, God will touch your life 
God would touch your heart. God would touch your body. God would touch your soul in a supernatural way. 1 Peter 1, I want to read this as we wind this down today. <clears throat> Blessed be the God. Oh, this, the verbiage is so beautiful. This is King James, and then I want to read a little bit out of the Message Bible. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy, listen to that, his abundant mercy. You know, when that woman came to him that day and began to pour that expensive perfume on his feet, she didn't know what the response would be. She didn't know how Jesus would respond to her. But obviously, she had already heard that he had already extended such mercy to other people. She thought, maybe he'll do that for me. When she's, I'm sure when she got near to the master and the anointing of God was all over him, I'm sure that conviction was so deep-seated on the inside of her that she could do nothing but weep. I thought about this right before I came on line uh, on the pulpit here. I thought, you know, the older you are, and sometimes, you know, younger people see you, like, breaking down. I mean, when I watched that video, I began to break down. Why? Because, see, the older you get, the more you realize, the more mercy you need, not the less. Because the closer you get to Jesus, the more imperfections you see in your life. That doesn't, that doesn't mean you should live in condemnation, but that just means that you have such a, 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 you have such a conviction or a, a knowledge of the goodness and love of God that it touches you deeply on the inside. I've been serving God. Vic and I were just talking about this yesterday. Her and I have been together 50 years. 50, 50 years. And we've been serving God for almost that entire 50 years. And the closer we get to God, the more we realize that we need him. He's a wonderful Lord. And I love him deeply, not because I do things right, but because he constantly displays the depths of his mercy. You know, Luke, the sixth chapter, you know, here's what he said. He says, um, Be ye merciful, Jesus speaking, to his disciples. He says, be ye merciful as your Father is merciful. So you have to decide and discern how merciful he really is. You have to. And I declare to you right now, I've been serving God. I'm very grateful for almost 50 years. But every day, I deeply, deeply thank him for his mercy. And that every morning, the Bible says in Lamentations, his mercies are new. It says his mercies are new every morning. That's what you need to hold on to in your life. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according who, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope. How? Uh, Through what? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Watch this. Watch this. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Oh my, you may have to put up with some challenges in this life, but I tell you right now, the rewards that you're going to enjoy for eternity are going to be unimaginable and awesome. Reserved in heaven for you, you who? Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. 
in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while. It really is a little while. You know, we came here when I was 30 years old. Now I'll be 70 in July. I mean, bam! It just, that how, that's how quick it went. I mean, I, I wish I could <clears throat> rewind it back and start over again. And say, okay, maybe I'll do this different. I'll do this different. But it, it, you only have one chance, and here we are. That's how quick time goes. That's how quick it goes. He goes on and says, In this you greatly rejoice, though for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, that your faith may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 3 out of the Message Bible. What a God we have. And how fortunate we are to have him. This father of our master Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for. Oh man, that's good. Including a future in heaven. And the future starts now. You can walk in the wholeness of God. You can walk in the peace of God. Hallelujah. Amen. God wants you liberated so you can let people know just how wonderful he is. The future starts now. God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. And the, and the, future. the day is coming. Now, and it is. The day is coming when you'll have it all, life healed and whole. And I believe he's referring, of course, to the resurrection of the dead. So when we receive the fullness of our salvation, we'll have glorified bodies um, like his, completely liberated from any weakness of the flesh. Watch this. I know how great this makes you feel, even though you have to put up with every kind of aggra aggravation in the meantime. Now, pure gold put in the fire comes out of it proved pure. Genuine faith put through this suffering comes out proved genuine. When Jesus wraps this all up, it's your faith, not your gold, that God will have on display as evidence of his victory. Hallelujah. It's your faith. It's not what you're going to have in your bank account. It's your faith. It's your complete obedience to God, your love for him, your faith in him, your commitment to him. That's what's going to be put to the test. And that's what God is going to acknowledge. You never saw him. I love this last part. You never saw him, yet you love him. You, didn't, you, you still don't see him, yet you trust him with laughter and singing. Because you kept on believing, you'll get what you're looking for. I love this part. Total salvation. Total salvation. Amen. I'll say these last three things because I left them for the last. Though I said them at the beginning. Write them down again. The foundation of redemption is the resurrection of Christ. The strength of redemption is the shed blood of Jesus. And the hope of redemption is faith in his blood and in his resurrection. I want to pray for you today. And I'm going to do something. God reminded me of this. This, this dates back many, many years ago. Back in the maybe late, late 40s or early 50s, Oral Roberts was the first preacher to go on TV. And uh, he had a, he, he lit a, I mean, amazing what he did. Amazing what he accomplished. He recognized, while all the other preachers were watching this, this uh, boob tube, they were watching this, this television technology, and they were going, oh, this of the devil, of the devil. He saw that he could reach so many people through the camera. And so what he would do, he'd say, um, 
Uh, they always had a, <laughs> they always had an awesome, an awesome um, uh, song. Uh, it was a what do you call it? A jingle. Uh, and it was, something good is going to happen to you, happen to you this very day. Something good is going to happen to you, and Jesus of Nazareth is passing, passing your way. He, they would sing that. Then he would say this. I'm going to pray for you today, and I'm going to pray for you. First, I'm going to pray for you regarding your relationship with Christ. If you haven't been walking with God, you don't know the Lord Jesus, or maybe you knew him once. And you backslid. Maybe you backslidden a hundred times. I want you to know, God is merciful. The reason he told, he told Peter back over in Matthew, the 18th chapter, read that chapter, it's really powerful. He said, uh, Peter said to him, uh, Sir, uh, how, how, how often should I forgive my brother? And uh, Levitical law said seven times. And uh, Jesus said, I'm sure Jesus flabbergasted Peter when he said, Peter, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Now, that wasn't simply just a mathematical, you know, um, quote, I mean, 490 times. He was simply saying, that's how merciful God is. He really is. That's how merciful he is. So you can tap into that mercy today and just simply say, God, I'm so deeply sorry that I have transgressed. I have fallen away from you or I don't know you. And then I'm going to pray for you to ask Jesus to come into your heart. And pray for you that you, for those who just simply need to rededicate your life to the Lord. You know, the first John 1 9 is important. It says, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin. Listen, to, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. No, I love this last phrase, and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Well, if you're cleansed from all unrighteousness, that simply means you are in right standing with God again. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, I want you to pray this out loud, those of you who you don't know, know Jesus, pray this out loud. Dear God in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus to this earth to die on the cross for my sins. By faith, I believe it happened, and I thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and be my Savior, and I receive you by faith, and I thank you for forgiving me and I thank you for loving me. And I thank you for changing me from the inside out. God, thank you in Jesus' name. And for those out there who maybe are backslidden from God, I want to pray for you. Just pray after me. Dear God in heaven, thank you for the depths of your love and mercy. I am deeply sorry for the choices I've made that has have caused me to fall away from you. I'm so, so sorry. Please be merciful to me. Please forgive me. I accept your forgiveness. Lord Jesus, I not only invite you back into my life, I ask you to be the Lord and Master of every part of my life. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that prayer, either for salvation or rededication, please go online and let me know. You can email me at pastorbang at faithfamilychurch.com, and I'll respond to you. Love to hear from you. Now, I want to pray for the congregation or anyone out there listening. 
If you are shackled and you're in bondage to anything, I'm going to pray for you. Now, we just proved from scriptures that Jesus heals. Jesus sets people free from demonic control. No matter how difficult, he raised people from the dead. No matter how bound you are. I had a man that came in here. I'm telling you this because there's such an epidemic out there of drug addiction. He had been a meth addict for many, many years. Been through two treatment centers. Couldn't get free. And a precious friend of his that was a member of our church brought him. And Pastor Vicky and I, we just simply said a, I mean, we were, didn't pray screaming loud or anything because we were down doing a, 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 a um, new membership dinner. And we just stepped on the hallway. We laid hands on him. And we just said, in the name of Jesus, I break that power over his life, that addiction. I command, we commanded to lose him. That was it. He left that day. And immediately, that thing left him, and he's never turned back. And that was probably 10 years ago. Now he's got a beautiful wife, got two beautiful children. His life's completely free, liberated by the power of God's word. That it never, I mean, it's, it's unexplainable. But that's how good God is. That's how merciful God is. So if you want to be free today, could be healing in your body, could be tormented in your mind, could be a demon spirit that's been tormenting you, a drug addiction, a por pornography addiction, whatever it is. If you will just right now bow your head and lift your hands, I'll pray for you, and we'll break that thing over your life today. And I believe with all my heart, because it's Easter Sunday, God is going to bring resurrection life into you right now. And uh, just the, my staff that are here today, let's all pray right now uh, for these people. Father, in the name of Jesus, I reach through this camera. Oh, hold it. One more thing. Excuse me, sir. Well, uh, Ma'am. One more thing I wanted to say. I want you to reach out, and, because all Roberts would say this, as a, touch of, as, a, as a point of contact, touch, just touch right now uh, the screen on the TV. So it, it, I, I mean this. Uh, just reach out. Maybe it's your phone you're on. Just touch, just touch your phone right now as, an, as a place of contact. And, and as you do, I want you to release your faith. Amen. If it's the TV, a laptop, just touch your hand on it right now. Just reach out by faith like the woman did who touched the hem of Jesus' garment. If I can just touch, just go ahead and touch that screen as I pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, as they reach out and touch that screen, I break the power of the spirit uh, of oppression, the spirit of fear, the spirit of addiction, the spirit of cancer. I break its power over the people in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You lose them and let them go in Jesus' name. God, I thank Thank you for the resurrection power of your spirit right now that, that is manifesting in everyone that's watching and everyone that's reaching out, God. I praise you, God, right now their life being liberated by the power of your spirit. And God, I thank you for that. I praise you, God. It's a day of rejoicing. Hallelujah. He's risen from the dead, and I believe he's risen mightily right now in the lives of your people, God. And we give you praise, glory, and honor for it in Jesus' precious name. Now lift your hands and give him praise. God, we give you praise that you are the resurrection and the life. And that you've set your people free and will continue to in Jesus' name. Now, as I close, I simply want to tell you that get in your Bible and read your Bible. And God will open up the eyes of your understanding as he did this blind man. He'll give you scripture. Start with Psalms and Proverbs. Then go on to the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You'll, you'll study the life and ministry of Jesus. It'll inspire you to stay in faith. And then you find a good church. If you're local here, come to Faith Family Church. Get under the Word of God. I mean, you can't come now, of course, you know. But one of these days, we're going to be back here. And I believe soon. You pray for our president. 
He's got to make some challenging decisions in the next few weeks, but we've got to get our nation back to work. So you pray earnestly for him. Don't put him down. Don't be knocking him. He's got a massive political plate on his lap, and he's got a lot of decisions to make. So you pray for him, and I believe he'll, he'll, he'll do what the Spirit of God uh, uh, needs him to do as we pray for him. Amen. And then have a wonderful on behalf of Pastor Vicki and I, you have an awesome Easter with your family. We miss all of you deeply, but we'll see you back here soon. Wednesday night online, come and visit us. Oh, by the way, this is the last thought. It's our, our awesome son-in-law, Matthew Honan. It's his birthday today. We wish you a happy birthday, sir. God bless you all. We'll see you on Wednesday night. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 10 o'clock. We also have our midweek service every week on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.